Craft Beer Radio, episode 97, December 10th, 2007. Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And this is Jeff Bear. So this week we're doing Shelton Brothers, a we whole have bunch of their Christmas stuff. All of the Christmas ones the Shelton Brothers are uh, offering this year. Bad Elf, Serious Bad Elf, Criminally Bad Elf, Insanely Bad Elf, and uh, Seriously Bad Elf, or one of the other ones. Right. We have uh, a couple other beers. We're going to start off with, I guess, Bad Elf, huh? Bad Elf. Well, yeah. Well, you want to do all the Bad Elves in a row? I don't know. All right. We'll see how it goes. And we're going to open this with the Decap and Catcher. All right, Decap and Catcher. Which was sent to us by... uh... It worked. Okay. So what the Decap and Catcher is, is uh, one of the wall-mounted bottle openers, but stuck to a wooden plank, which has crazy strong magnets in there. There's two magnets near the top if you want to stick it to a fridge or something, and then there's one underneath, so when you open it up, the cap falls out and sticks to the... Six to the plate. So um, he is actually going to offer a discount if you're interested in the decapping catcher. And we'll put a link up on the site if you're curious to look and find more about it. I personally think that he needs to market these to microbreweries and things like that and get the brewery's labels put on top of the bottle opener ah. instead of the, the decapping catcher label. Right, right. I think that's where his uh, his real marketing opportunity is. Because so. then you know it's a presentation item. Yeah. And people are going to be more likely to buy their port brewing decap and catcher than just a generic one, I think. Good point. Maybe a crafty radio. <laughs> there we go. I'm not sure if we can uh, you know, buy the quantities needed to silkscreen them, but, but it might be a possibility. So, okay, Mad Elf. Bad, this is bad Elf. Bad, bad Elf. So these beers are um, imported by the Shelton Brothers Importing Company. We talked to Dan Shelton on the show. Most of you remember that. That was a, a show that basically ran itself because when Dan gets started talking, he loves to talk. Yes. And, talk. and um, these are also the ones that are usually in the news every year because of their labels. And right. There's the whole Santa's butt controversy, which we had last year. And then one of these has an elf with a slingshot on it. This one here, the seriously bad elf. And so you sing, a slingshot is a child's toy, so you can't have children's toys on label approval in Connecticut, I think. <laughs> These uh, beers are, I think they're all brewed by the same brewery. Let's see, is this one brewed by, yes, Ridgeway Brewing Company in Oxfordshire, UK. Okay. So they're a contract brewer for Shelton Brothers who brew, the, they brew these beers directly for them. The Shelton Brothers is just an importer, and they import from various uh, breweries. They import a lot of Belgian beers, but right. that was a misconception I had when we interviewed Dan, where they import beers from all over the place, English beers. Uh, he's bringing in some Norwegian beers, I think, uh, Brazilian beers. So it's not even Europe that, that he sticks to. Uh, basically, if it's a good beer and he thinks you know there's a market for it, he'll he'll bring it in. Not really getting much aroma here. Are you getting anything? I'm getting aroma. It's a little, it's a little on the hot side. Um, so I'm getting some alcohol out of it. I'm also getting some sulfury type smells. My nostrils are wide open, and I can't smell a thing. Well, 
I mean, I'm not smelling anything. I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm getting some kind of sulfur compound. But it might be a little DMS, maybe. It might be... It's not as bad as, like, sewer drain or anything like that. Yours smells a little more like perfume soap. I don't know why I can't smell anything. See, I'm getting two... Let me smell yours again. I'm getting two distinctly different smells. Yours smells like a perfumed hand soap. <laughs> okay, and when I swirled it up, I just got, you know, beery alcohol in this. I could smell the brown ale in the pre-show, so I know my nose was working. I'm either getting used to the sulfury smell, or it's aired out because I'm not getting as much anymore. And I can smell you from over here. Oh, burn. So I'm going to jump onto the flavor. Definitely taste the alcohol in this thing. Yes, it's a... And I don't think it's that high in alcohol, is it? Oh, six. No, it's only 6%, just like the one we did in the pre-show. In the pre-show, we did the the Warm Welcome Nut Brown Ale. And uh, they were both 6%. And they both had a fairly significant alcohol presence that a lot of times you normally don't Pull out of a 6% beer. This is kind of a, a, a I guess you'd call this a, a, a Belgian gold nail, and it kind of has a, a sweetness in the back. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Golden Monkey a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it does have another, it's another one. The first one seemed to have a bit of Belgian character to it, yeah. too. It's got some spicy phenols in the late taste. Kind of sits on your tongue, and it's a little peppery, you know, in the aftertaste. Now, I'm still smelling a little bit of, um, like green beans or something like that in the room. A little bit of DMS. I'm tasting a little bit of sulfur up front, too. It's not skunk, that's for sure. I know no, it's people, not skunk. I know some people think that, you know, we use skunk a little more liberally. Or We haven't had a skunk beer in a long time. Knock on wood. Yeah. Someone lost their craft beer radio voodoo doll. We've been very lucky lately. Or so. maybe they washed it from the skunk spray. <laughs> Okay, so since we have so many beers tonight, we're not going to um, go through and do a you know drink a whole glass of, of every single beer. Do you want to do some news while we yeah. go on to the next yeah. one? Or we got, actually most of this is uh, email here. Well, we got two pronunciation gates in here, and I think okay, episode ninety seven. I think it's time to end the pronunciation gate once and for all. I mean, I have no problem with, with giving out correct pronunciations right. but you have you guys have to expect that you know we're two guys living in pittsburgh we're not going to know the correct way to pronounce all these things i know that i know you guys feel strongly about it but like the yeah. beer the beer retard so you're the one that's making pronunciation gate live i didn't even write the word in here i just put the emails in it's all about it, it, it all goes back to the same thing uh the beer retard who has a good podcast uh goes in and says hate to be the anal guy but jeff was calling the brewery Sagit, and it's actually skage it I think that's how he wants or yeah, gauge it. As yeah. usual, enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, I called it Saget, and I yeah. must have misread a... Like Bob Saget. Yeah. I must have misread the K in the beginning or something. Um, but come on, my mom's the person who calls a toilet a toilet, so I think I speak pretty well <laughs> for for uh, doing the show and being brought up the way I did. Appreciation Gate Round 2. Will comments, I'm sorry that Oregon insists on giving towns weird names. Uh... What you pronounce as Corvallis is pronounced like Corvallis. Cor like apple, Corval like a woman's name, and is like is. We're going to get things wrong. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to happen. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Captain Catcher worked again. Captain Catcher. There it is. 
Okay, so we're moving on to the very bad elf, the mm. special reserve elf. This one's a point and a half higher in alcohol, seven and a half percent. So, you know, these have kind of fun labels, so maybe we should describe them a little bit. The okay. first, uh, the, see, the bad elf here, he just has a, a cast scale in his hand, and he's like evilly tempting you to try this beer. Right, he's got a little, his finger giving you the come here. Yeah. So this one here, he, uh, he uh, opened his Christmas present early, and he's hiding scissors behind his back. Ah. Because he's a very bad elf. We didn't say what color the other one poured. Um, they're both uh, an orange gold. Yeah. and uh, We're drinking these out of uh, tulip glasses. The, the dog was crying, I think. No, that was me. Oh, that was you whistling? I can barely smell it. It's. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of sulfur out of this one, but not as much. It's a little bit malty from my aroma. That's all I can really pick up. It's very slight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not an overpowering aroma. It's in there. A little bit of malt. I'm not smelling the alcohol like I did in the last beer, even though it's higher. So it's coming across as a Belgian golden ale, something like that. A little bit oh, it better. Has, it has an interesting sweetness at the end. It, this maltiness comes by and it's a bit toasted. Yeah. yeah it's a, That's it's, the most interesting part. At the very end, it's like just it like dripped down on the side of my tongue. It, there's a little bit of extra flavor. It's better than the Mad Elf. It's um, bad. Mad Elf's the, uh, the one from God, I Trogues. I'm going to keep doing that. The Mad Elf is awesome, by the way. Highly recommend you pick up Mad Elf. It's better than, than the Bad Elf. Uh, it's it's a little bit stronger. It's got more complex flavors in the back there. Like Jeff said, it has kind of a malty undertone to it, mm-hmm. which brings out some more stuff. It's still lacking in a lot of aroma. Uh, it doesn't quite have the same alcoholic bite that the Bad Elf did. You drink a couple glasses of water here, or a couple sips of water here to clean up my palp for the next one. Listener Tom writes in, I often hear you guys talk about states with limits on beer alcohol by volume. It comes across as if you can't buy high alcohol beers in those states. Here in Tennessee, the limit is 6%, but anything higher, such as Belgian strong ales or scotch ales, are sold in liquor stores. So while you may not be able to pick up an arrogant bastard at the gas station, you can find one in liquor stores. That's what she said. That's what he says in there. <laughs> oh, okay. That's actually in the email, but that's a... Michael Scottism. A reference to uh, to my friend Anthony. Hey, Pop, how you doing? Uh, inconvenient, he says, but not prohibited. Uh, he uh, actually, I think we were talking about states that actually had hard limits, like Alabama yeah. and what North Carolina used to have. And someone else wrote in. Is it on here? That okay? Ed wrote in. He said, listening to the pre-show, the point that uh, small correction that he didn't expect us, the guys know about. In Georgia, we popped the cap from five percent to fourteen percent. So it wouldn't be bad if they got. So now it wouldn't be bad if they got rid of the blue laws. So we're talking about states like Georgia with a fourteen percent cap, and uh, North Carolina, which has a fifteen percent cap, and Alabama, which has an obscenely low six percent cap. Right. Yeah. I think. So Tennessee is different. Um, Pennsylvania, we don't have that luxury. Beer is only sold in beer distributors. There's no alcohol cap, so we can buy whatever we want. But you. At the state-owned liquor stores, there's there's no beer to be sold there. Right. It's just wine and, and distilled spirits. Aren't they break? Aren't they changing that though? I know it's going through committee. I think it got buried. Oh really? Again, yeah. They were oh. trying to get six packs in beer distributors, and um, it got kind of scuttled. It's a real shame. Because you know, it sucks. You know, I I an example is I just went out to get a beer, and I wanted to get something hoppy, and. I looked at what was that? It was um, what's the Frederick? What's the place in Frederick the Bruce? 
uh, a fly, flying dog. Old Dominion. Frederick. Wild Goose. Which was bought by Flying Dog, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was Wild Goose, and I was like, I never tried this, so I'll give it a shot. But I had to buy a whole case without knowing what it's like. Yeah. That's someone like someone like me, someone like a lot of our listeners may be willing to do that, but a lot of people won't necessarily do that for something they don't know what it's going to taste like. It turned out to be good, so I was happy, mm-hmm. but that's you know 30 bucks that I went for just to... It could have been a crappy beer, and I would have had no recourse. And a lot of people avoid beer because of that. Yep. So we're going to uh, go on one more step up the ladder to the seriously bad elf. This is the one with the uh, guy trying to shoot down Santa's sleigh with a slingshot. This one weighs in at... Drumroll, please. It's hidden. Hidden. Locating. Locating. 9%. Getting up there. This one pours more golden color than the last two. They call this an English double ale. Interesting. Doesn't know. It smells like the other ones. These are, I mean, we have these in tulip glasses specifically to give us aroma. We love... We're drinking them rather warm, too. We took dr- them out before the pre-show. We're drinking them warm. We're... We're the guys who always express what the aroma is like before we ever take a sip. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting anything from these beers. Like, the very slightest of aromas. See, I maybe I'm hypersensitive, but I'm getting... On this one, number one is alcohol. Number two is um, a little bit of... Uh, again, there's a hint of sulfur in there. I'm not getting... I mean, it, it, it smells like... It, it might as well be water. I'm getting some kind of rose type aroma, a little bit like that. Um, how I thought your sound smelled like perfumed hand soap, but the first time I'm getting a little bit of like a rose or something in there too. This one is very light in in flavor, except for like the alcohol. It's they're all kind of blending into each other. They're all yeah. very they're all similar, and. Uh, this one I thought initially tasted a little bit more malty, but then it kind of gives way to just a lot more, just more sweetness, a little bit more cloying actually, uh, and the alcohol is just higher. It's like they took the same recipe and you know, threw in some more malt to get it uh, higher in alcohol. Yeah, I mean that's it seems like you know there's not any real appreciable difference between any of the the bad elf so far, just a little bit stronger. Slight little nuance differences, but yeah, and that's and they all seem like, like you said, a basic same formula with different amounts of uh, fermentables. That's disappointing, and, and maybe you know balancing out other components, but the end products are just same beer, a little bit stronger in general. Yeah, and that's disappointing because Jeff and I aren't in this to get drunk; we're in this to enjoy flavors, and this seems like trying to make a. a a higher and higher alcohol beer that's relatively non-objectionable. Now, okay, drunk. so here's there's two ways to look at this. Um, I would not, so far, I would not recommend a uh, series tasting like this. You know, we're doing one up to the next. Um, be, and I, and buying them, you know, you're not going to get much difference between them. Uh, but, you know, any one of these beers wouldn't be bad for having with some friends on a you know, cold night, uh you know, I mean, by itself, you know, you think that it's really 
Okay. I, I, I'd have a tough time recommending it, especially when I know about other beers that are out there that are better. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I keep saying Mad Elf. Mad Elf's a lot better. And it's going to be yeah. higher in alcohol. It's going to be really high in alcohol, but it's it's delicious. I, mean, I can see if I'm in the mood for a Belgian gold nail or something along those lines. I mean, this isn't bad. There's hard, I mean, other than that slight bit of there's sulfur. No, I mean, there's no aroma here. I, I'm not getting anything on these. Hmm. And that's that's really affecting me. I mean, that significantly lowers the score to me. And that's like – aroma is like presentation for a dish, you know, for a food dish. It, mm-hmm. it, it sets you up. And I'm not getting anything on these. And – that really, really hurts them, in my opinion. I mean, I guess you can always, if you're comparing them, you can uh, like buy better beers. Yeah, I do want to point out that even Jeff, who says he can smell something on here, he was cupping his hand over the glass and oh, trying to... I'm, well, I was doing that to see if I could get more than what I was smelling, and I didn't get any more. But if I just stick my schnoz down in there, which you you know I still have to do... you. Getting some aromas, but yeah, it's it's a pretty um, pretty light on the aroma beer. So let's see if we get um, criminally bad. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's just keep going with the flight, I guess. Okay, Kappa Catcher works again. Yeah, this one pours a little more golden than the uh, the last one, which was what seriously bad. This is criminally bad. Yeah, he's uh, let's see, he's behind bars. Ooh, the elf is wearing prison stripes, and he has a uh, one of those metal cups that you wrap against the bars. Right. And that's what he's drinking his beer out of. What's the ten point five percent? Bigger and bigger they go. This is what they say a barley wine. Now a barley wine, you you want to get a huge amount of aroma out of barley wines, and well, they should have a huge amount of malt too. Yeah, and. We'll see if this one changes direction it's or not. It's still just kind of a, you know, an, it's a darker orange, but it's still kind of a palish orange. And Man, the, the sulfur reigns supreme for me tonight. You know, maybe I'm hypersensitive, but I'm just getting the same kind of smell. A little bit of veg, or, you know, green beans, or these these funky weird phenols or something. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Do you smell sulfur at all? Yeah, I am getting more malty and barley wine type aromas out of here, but not nearly what you expect from a barley yeah. wine. Clearing my nose a bit has helped. I almost smell a little bit of chlorine, though. Do you smell that? Maybe, or it, maybe you know something pool related. Is it is it possibly like the plastic smell from an inner tube at a pool? It smells more like chlorine to me, but I mean chlorine in a beer you, that would never work, right? I mean that would that would destroy it. Well, chlorinated water is bad for beer, right? Yeah. And um, what happens with well, chlorine um, makes for band aid flavors. So if you don't if you don't volatilize chlorine, it'll form compounds that taste like the band aids. But you wouldn't smell chlorine in a finished beer, even yeah. if it was chlorinated water. A little more malty. Better. You know, better. Getting there. Um, a little bit more malty. It's got some sweetness there. I'm able to smell Still it. very thin in the body. This would be the world's thinnest barley wine that I've ever <laughs> tasted. Wouldn't you have to agree that this is, this is by far the thinnest mouthful you've tasted in anything yeah, that's and, and in again, barley wine? 
it's not too different from the ones before it. And that is that is really hurting in my mind because you look at other people that like for instance Well, I mean, come on, they sell one, two, three, four, five five different bad elves. Everyone's gonna try them in our series. Yeah. And they're all Identically the same. Oh, look, it's stronger. Same beer, but stronger. I mean, look at, for instance, you know, I'll go to Dogfish. You had 60 minute, 120 minute, or, you know, 60 minute, 90 minute, 120 minute are all really different beers. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you want to do something like that. If you're going to do a progression of, of beers. Or, you know, like a Stone Vertical Epic would be a good right. example. Yeah. Where they're, they're completely different, you know. But you know, these, I mean,. And they keep adding a new one to the lineup, like every year it seems. Where bad off, very bad, seriously, criminally bad, and insanely bad. So far, I've had four beers, which you know all could have been satisfied from the same one. I mean, criminally bad is the best of the bunch so far, but it's not exactly rocking my socks off. This one tastes. It's an interesting, like, like just taking it from flavor and trying to define the style. It's it's interesting because, like, the other ones I all would have said are some kind of strong Belgian, strong golden Belgian or something like that. This one comes across a little bit differently. Almost like a triple, would you say? Mm, maybe if you blended a triple and a barley wine. Yeah, because I'm, I'm still getting a little bit of the Belgian sweetness there, which you don't yeah. expect out of barley wine. I think, it, yeah, it tastes like a triple barley wine blend or something like that. But yeah, it's certainly nothing like any barley wine that I've had to date. Well, let's try the last one. Insanely bad elf. This one comes in a 12-ounce bottle as opposed to these bigger 50-centiliter bottles, which are uh, 1.9 fluid ounces. Interesting. Half a liter. That's half a liter, right? Yeah. That's 500 milliliters, half a liter. That would be... Yeah. It's easier to figure out. Ooh. Now, this is kind of interesting. Oh, Inside really? of the label for the Insanely Bed Office, it says contains barley and rye. Where the criminal Bed just contains barley. So maybe some rye malt will give us... Maybe it'll be a slightly different beer. That'd be 11.2% alcohol by volume. And we have an elf in a straitjacket holding the uh, elf regulations book. I don't get that joke. And there's a, there's a rat eating his Christmas cookies off his plate. Poor elf. Where do they go from here? Homicidally bad elf? I mean. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little sulfur. Um, yeah, yeah. I was actually going to say, I'm looking as much, and then right before I open my mouth, there's some more sulfur. Sweeter, a little darker. It all just tastes the same. Even the rye isn't really coming out There's here. There's a little bit there. But this is now, I'm getting to the point, this is one of these beers where the flavor enjoyment is not worth the intoxication yeah. investment. 11.2%. If you're going to get beers, you know, where you can only have one because it's going to mess you up, you can get better tasting beers. And, you know, it's a shame when I think of beers in those terms, but, you know, every once in a while you get one where it's it's a, a strong beer. You're going to have one beer. Is this what you want to invest your sobriety in, you know? 
it's very straightforward. There's nothing complex. There's no dancing. There's no playing around with stuff. It's, it's so. What did you think of the carbonation levels of these beers? They were adequate. More? What? I mean, well, you never want less. <laughs> Do you want more? Uh, no, not particularly. The stronger it gets, the less the less carbonation I like. Yeah, and I think uh, the carbonation level works well. I was just curious because these are Belgian-y, and, and you like the, um, the, you know, the higher levels of carbonation. Right. So I was curious. So I want to talk a little bit about the uh, East End Brewing Charity Open House that was on Saturday. Talk about it. I got to um, host my first in public. Jeff's an expert about something. Right. Talk. Uh, we did a uh, beer and cheese pairing. For the VIP session at the East End Brewing Open House. Some of our listeners might be listening for the very first time because I gave them some cards. Uh, it went really well. People seemed to enjoy what I had to say. I, I tried not to talk out my ass at all. Like There was a couple times where I was talking about like wine and cheese versus beer and cheese. And I kept saying, you know, people who know what they're talking about tell say, you know, because yeah. I never claimed to, you know, be the wine guy who tasted with cheese. But it, it, it was, um, I ordered some cheeses. Uh, I picked out some cheeses. Then Scott and I went down to the brewery last Friday because I took a day off work and um, tasted some of them. And some of the pairings worked out well, like uh, the goat cheese chiver and the East End wit. The tanginess in both those was awesome. And then other ones, I picked a a really sharp uh, cheddar to go with the big hop. Didn't work at all. Um, So I picked out some cheeses and we sent them in. And the cheeses I picked up at the East End Food Co-op, they were donated and they gave us some pretty good cheese. Gave us this English Stilton. That was oh, yeah. good. Um, but they What did you pair that with? The, the barley attitude? wine. Yeah. Barley wine and the um, the sourdough kvass. The One of the kvasses he brewed had gone sour. It had gotten so lactic it tasted like a blender vice. <laughs> so I paired the blue with that too. The um, What I wanted was, and I'm not a cheese expert, so I might have been ordered something ambiguous, but when I was at the Great American Beer Fest, there was a cheese from California called Humboldt Fog. I think it was the Humboldt Fog. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But it's a blue cheese that's also a triple creme. So it's this really creamy, buttery, runny blue cheese. It's so good. So that's kind of what I wanted. And they gave me this English Stilton and then just a plain old triple creme. They gave me a goat cheese that was... Um, not like regular Chevert. It wasn't tangy at all. It was really creamy like brie. And the one wheel I opened up was completely runny. It was delicious. But you ran like right. – but I cut it and let it sit for 20 minutes. It was running out of the wheel of cheese. That's how runny it was. Wow. And uh, that's – But I was bummed because the, the goat cheese wasn't tangy uh-huh. and it didn't work. It tasted like brie. So I'm like, oh, crap. So I had the – luckily the triple creme had some tanginess to it. So I paired that with the wit. I paired the goat cheese with the East End Harvest Ale. The Harvest Ale with the, with the wet hops in it and something with the carbonation levels that it had achieved had a really creamy mouthfeel. So those two went together well, which was the surprise pairing. I had this goat cheese, and I'm like, oh, because uh, Scott brewed his uh, Session Ale number nine. I think it's number nine, which is a, a grisette. Or I think it's grisette. It's this low-alcohol Belgian beer. Great story behind it. Um, I never heard of the style of beer before. And 
you know, I'm not saying I know every style of beer, but I thought I at least have heard of right. every style of beer. Um, it's named after the girl who would pick up the pails of beer and take them to the mines, and the miners would come out of the mine after they at work and drink. The, they get the beer, and that was her name. It was Grisette. Grisette, that's not right. <laughs> it's something close, but people are going to yell at me because I'm getting that wrong. <sighs> anyway, it's this, you know, 4% alcohol, just session Belgian drinker. And uh, he did that, and he had some Michigan cherries to it. He broke the batch in half. He wanted to do a cherry grisette. And I'm like, oh, like logically, I was talking about they had some great chefs there with some great food. And so I'm like, I need some help. And we're like, yeah. So logically, I'm like, oh, that'll go great with the cherries. I tasted it, and it sucked. It basically took the cherries out of the beer, and it just tastes uh, like a plain beer. I'm like, well, that's an interesting interaction, but it's not one I want to showcase. Right, yeah. So I'm just trying every beer. I'm trying the snow melt. I'm trying, which is his winter seasonal. I'm trying, and then I finally tried the big hop harvest ale, and it it worked. And this hoppy, grassy harvest ale with high creamy carbon carbonation in this goat cheese worked really well. Wow! And then I did Asiago and Nut Brown ale, which worked pretty good. Asiago's nutty, so I yeah, can see that yeah. would. That would so it was better. not much of a stretch there, but it, it actually worked pretty good. Um, so that was, we did the four cheeses. Well, we, the, um, the Asiago and the nut brown made the nut brown taste no, more malty. Superman worked good. Yeah, this worked, worked well. Worked well. There you go. <laughs> the, um, so the interactions were the, uh, Asiago made the nut brown taste more malty. Then the, um, the tanginess of the wit just played really well. That worked well. The, the most stunning change was when I did the blue cheese with the gratitude. The Gratitude is not a hoppy West Coast barley wine like Sierra Nevada, but it's a fairly potent barley wine. It's not a sweet, cloyingly sweet sugar bomb or anything like that. But after you had the blue cheese and you drank the Gratitude, it tasted like cloying sweet. You you would have hated it. But so I saw people looks on people's faces, you know, because there's a couple people I knew and and I knew they like I tasted it and I thought that right away and I saw people agree with me. So I'm like, I had to kind of like talk like okay, so yeah, it's too sweet, but think. About the situation. It's after dinner. You're sitting around just sipping this thing with some cheese. And that's, you know, right now you're drinking five beers. But in that situation, a really sweet dessert port or something might right. go well. It's making the barley wine extra sweet might help too. And then the my next, the finale was to drink it with a sour beer. And the kvass, it is intensely sour greg i mean on a scale it's, it's 11 on the sour lactic scale <laughs> i mean it's as sour that as sounds per- too far i mean it's like well a lot of people but the the blue cheese made it less sour because uh, it, it mitigated right. the sourness so that's what i was hoping for it didn't wipe it out because the thing was so high on the sour scale but it, it lessened it and um yeah people thanked me they really enjoyed it so i was pretty excited it's fun cool and then one other thing was there was a, a a Chinese, like a ticket drawing, you could buy raffle tickets, and every person got a ticket to, uh, or every volunteer got a free ticket. Yeah. So there was this one guest DJ on the Zombo show, WCRT, there was no tickets in the bag. So I'm like, oh, I'll just throw it in. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, maybe I can do some craft beer radio stuff on the Zombo show. And then I can say, we're a broadcast radio right, yeah. show, right? right? So there, no more podcasting. We'll actually broadcast ourselves <laughs> once. It probably records at like 3 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, and I'll right, never be yeah. able to do it, but we'll see. I think it's Pitt's radio station, University of Pittsburgh. Actually, I, I talked to some people, and they said Zombo's a pretty nutty guy. So it might just suck, but we'll see. Hey, give it a shot. All right, what's next? 
we're, we're done with the uh, yeah, we're done with the uh, the bad elves. The series of the bad elves. So now we're going to go into a winter porter, Santa's butt. This one was banned in Maine because it has Santa sitting on a barrel. And when I first heard about the story, I'm like, oh, he must have plumber's crack or something. No, he just yeah. There's no plumber's crack. It's it's crazy. You almost think that you know they almost place the article just to get the attention. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't put it past him. All right, so there's a news story. Bells is back in Chicago. Um, despite a warning of a lengthy and costly lawsuit, Bells brewery owner Larry Bell will start sending beer to Illinois early next week for the first time since last October. Now, what exactly happened here? He had a horrible house, wholesaler in Illinois, and he uh, couldn't get out of the contract, so he just stopped selling beer in, in Illinois. And to get back in, he changed Bell's beer to Kalamazoo beer. So you'll find, like, Kalamazoo Too Hearted Ale. Ah. Actually, I think it's called Kalamazoo IPA. But So the beers in Illinois have different labels, different names, and that's how he's selling beer in, in Chicago and Illinois. Clever. Clever way around. Just have because some- the contract says you can't sell the same brand. Right. He made new brands to sell in Illinois. Will that pass muster? He, he thinks it will. Um, I had some Bells Too Hard the other day. Excellent. Highly recommend. I'm getting sulfur in this beer, too. Or did I not rinse my glass good enough? You know what? I'm going to... We have more, so I'm going to rinse my glass out. Fresh, clean glass. A little more sand. This is this is pouring a lot darker. Uh, this one, they claim a porter. It looks like a porter. Now I'm getting good porter aroma. Oh, I lied. I was <laughs> yeah, I'm detecting yourself. I was until the phone started to ring, and I paused and, and unplugged the phone, and and now I'm getting sulfur. Tastes like a porter, but not a great porter. A little, little, didn't, really light in the mouthfeel again. Didn't Dan Shelton go on and on about how he gets really good beers and he was a great guy to talk to. But he's a uh, he's uh, pushing his beers, selling his beers. I I'm sorry, Dan, if you're listening, but these are not up to snuff. These are, no. you know, six to ten at best. Yeah, this porter, I could, this is not a great porter. No, no, it's 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 one dimensional. It's. Um, doesn't have nearly the kind of complexity we see with other stuff. It's doesn't really have the kind of raisiny stuff you expect out of a porter. It's got a little bit of, of maltiness. You know, the, you know, I'm not going to you know candy coat. I agree these these beers aren't there. It's a shame because um, selling these beers pays their bills, and the rest of the year they're able to do you know lose money or you know make less money right. bringing in the really interesting beers. So they like. Count on selling a bunch of this stuff that I can't recommend going out and buying. There's so many better porters out there on the market. This is Michelob's porter was way better than this. You're right. Yep, we uh, Michelob uh, and Bush sent us the Michelob variety pack. And if anyone's interested, we're not going to actually push you and tell you to go out there. But it's a nice sampling of beers right now. We got the it really uh, wasn't bad at all. I, oh, think I, I, won't, I won't go into pitching each beer, but if if I was picking what beers they should put in a variety pack for craft beer guys to try, they're doing it right now. Yeah. So I agree with you about the uh, the Bavarian wheat. There, they didn't. It's not as good as it was two no. years ago. 
Okay, so now we're on to the final beer of the evening, which is Lump of Coal, a dark holiday stout. Much more than you deserve for Christmas this year. We'll see about that. 8% alcohol by volume. Well, pours like, very dark. Looks like a stout. Again, has some of that sulfur aroma. I'm not picking up my first whiff. Picking up alcohol. Alcohol, a high alcohol. And I'm picking up a Belgian alcohol flavor, not Imperial Stout alcohol flavor. I've, I've never drank a stout and smelled this, this sugary-induced... I wonder if that's why these beers all have this flavor. I wonder if they're all using, like... Uh, Candy sugar or some kind of fermentable sugars to get to the alcohols. I think it does. All that flavor, it's very distinct. It's that thin, sharp alcohol right. sweetness. Yeah. Um, they must use candy sugar to get to all these alcohol, these uh, gravities in these beers. Well, I was going to say really light stout. There's a bit, a bit of roastiness hit me at the end there, though. That was that wasn't half bad, but still. This almost tastes like a porter. A stout? Porter. Porter. Again, it's really thin. I think it's that, I think they're using some kind of adjunct sugar in there. I mean, not, not adjunct grain sugar, but some kind of, um, you know, some kind of dextrose in there to, to get the, you know, corn sugar or Belgian candy sugar or something to get the alcohol levels up. Has a bit of a, there's not, you know, there's not even a good hoppiness here. It's you know, the just, best, you know, you get a, you get a bar, bit of the the dark roast, uh, um, um, searingness, like yeah. in the late aftertaste. But other than that, it, it tastes like a a Dunkel Belgian yeah. something or another. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So again, here's one that's going to be hard to rate because. Well, we're only at forty one. You want to go get a good beer to cap off the night? Maybe it might be a good idea. Now, I don't usually say this, but maybe we should forego rating because it's not going to mean anything. No, it doesn't. Uh, best one out of all these? Maybe. Was there one you'd recommend to try? The it, very last one was okay. The roastiness came out at the end. was, But still, I mean, not really. I, I would, there's, I there's, would there's, recommend the, the, the battle for the very battle, one of the lighter ones that weren't too high in alcohol. There's, there's better beers of, of all these styles out there. That you'll find right next to them, I'm sure, from a local brewery. Do you think? Do you think a beer geek should should buy one of these? No. For ten dollars? No. No. Not at all. Okay. Yeah, because they're they're not that cheap. They're not cheap. I think they're like ten bucks a bottle in most places. They're a half liter bottle, but they're ten bucks. And um, they're uh, you know. They're, would you pay five bucks for a bottle of these? I wouldn't pay anything. I wouldn't buy them. Okay. They're 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 playing off. The same. They're doing the same thing that the uh, the, the the major one, the, the big guys are doing to a smaller extent by playing off the label, making the label what attraction. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's marketing. It's all marketing. Sorry, Dan. I I like some of the beers you bring in. I mean, you bring in Cantillon and whatnot, and you're amazing for it. But, dude, you, you know, if you, um, I don't know what to say. It's These just, are not good beers. That we cannot recommend them. That's pretty much it. I would say try one, see if they're your cup of tea, but don't expect great things. Well, Shelton Brothers right. is uh, the reason we can have this beer tonight. See, Shelton Brothers, Shelton Brothers, they're importers, 
But if you remember, they also bring in stuff that otherwise wouldn't be here. So we're going to be drinking the Jolly Pumpkin Special Ale. That's our Christmas or Noel de Calabaza, their, their Christmas beer. It's probably wonderful, and I've loved every well. I've loved everything I've had, but from Jolly Pumpkin except for one. And so, again, like I said, this will be the redeeming factor for the Shelton Brothers. Because otherwise, this it's beer good to would have not, some redemption at the end of the night. That's for sure. This beer would not be in Pittsburgh. You should if probably it wash for, out your. <laughs> this beer would not be in Pittsburgh if it wasn't for Mr. Shelton. This right. pours in a seven. It comes in a seven fifty green bottle. It's probably not hoppy at all, so the green bottle is probably okay. It's a dark beer, so that helps too. What style is this? It's Jolly Pumpkin style. Special ale aged oak barrels bottle. Old brew? Does it smell like an old brew? A little bit. It's a a tart beer. Not crazy tart like... um, like uh, Lafayette, yeah, yeah. For me, there's way, way too much carbonation in this thing. It's washing out all the yummy tartness. So I'm going to swirl a little I bit. I kind of agree with you a bit. It's a tart beer with a little bit of spiciness. It's uh, mm, it's not bad, not bad. From the first sip, I would say La Roja is probably more interesting, but I'm going to give it some more tries. I had um, couple, I had two beers from Jolly Pumpkin recently. Last time I was down at uh, Bucktown Bar and Grill, where I'll be on December nineteenth giving a beer tasting, and we might we were going to do some Shelton Brothers beers, but I might have to write Chris and say I'm not sure I can I, get behind them. I would not do these Shelton Brothers beers. I mean, I it, it, unless you're comparing them to other beers and saying here the Shelton Brothers. I mean, why would you want to do that? That, that just I I can't. You know, as, as um, Will Shatner would say, I can't just can't get behind that. Yeah. Was he talking about? Uh, There's a song on his new album. It's just about. It's called uh, "Can't Get Behind That." And oh. It's a spoken word thing with him and Henry Rollins. So he wasn't. He wasn't talking about Uhura. I just can't get behind that. No, <laughs> it's him and Henry Rollins doing a bit. It's pretty good. So the two. I didn't get to the real point of my story. Was the two good jelly pumpkin beers, or two? One good, one not so good. I had their um, uh, Blanche de Calabaza. It's uh, another winter, I think it's winter, but I'm not sure. But it's a wit beer. And it wasn't super funky, but there was a little bit of like Saison type funk in a wit beer. Greg, it was the best wit beer I've ever had. <laughs> it was so good. I was water running up and down the aisle saying, oh my God. Like Tony from uh, Vicini was there, and he's the wholesaler, the import that brings in uh, the Jolly Pumpkin. And I'm like, this. Is awesome. This is the best whip beer that I've had, and um, and then I tried the uh, the saison or the Bam Noir, which is their dark farmhouse. Thing smelled like sewer drain. Tasted okay, but had the stink smell of a backed up drain. It was pretty interesting. So I, I can't really recommend that one. But the uh, the Blanche Calabaza or Calabaza Blanche or whatever it was. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Trabian. So, <laughs> we have some other emails, but we'll get to those later. I think it's uh, it's a good time to end the show. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that what we can say here is don't be fooled by labels. Don't uh, and 
I'm sure craft beer fans are, are not one to be fooled by labels, but when something looks kind of craft beerish, maybe they are, and they say, wow, look at this bad elf line. I bet that some of these are good because they keep getting making more and more and more of them. Well, I'm sorry to say uh, that's not the case. At least not in our opinion. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, best beer of the night was the Jolly Pumpkin. Absolutely. And as far as Jolly Pumpkin goes, it's good. It's not Little Rojo good. It's good. It's good. It's decent. It, it would, it, it, it's it would over- struggle to be number one on online nights. Yeah. It's probably a little overpriced, too. I paid $20 for that bottle. Close to $20 for that bottle. That's so. probably a little much. Yeah. But it's it's limited release. Actually, um, So this show is like a carnival disappointment. <laughs> you know? We have these every once in a while, and you and I feel like we did a crappy show, but people said they still like the shows. You know, I, I think – well, we'll talk about it in the post show, but um, sometimes we just encounter bad beers. Yeah, luckily not very often. Tune in next week. We have the best beer ever tasted. <laughs> That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Yeah, we have to find out